0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Welcome. We are glad that you are here. If you are visiting, we'd like to give you a special welcome. Um, For those of you that we see more often, welcome to you too. I'd like to give a warm welcome also to those of you that are joining us online. We are glad that you are joining us. A couple announcements for you. One, uh, today is Mosaic Uh, Mosaic is a young adult-led worship that's at 4.30, um, and we will be having music worship. Um, I will be doing our speaking today, and then we will um, also have food. So we would love to see you there. It is a young adult-led, but it is for everyone, and we hope to see you at Mosaic today at 4.30. It will be right over here in the community hall. Uh. Also, to let you know, today we will be doing a children's story, and then next week we will have children's church. So just to let you guys know, um, that's what's happening next week. We have a lot of stuff and ways that you guys can stay connected if you uh, check out your bulletin, if you check out our website, or if you are on our email chain. We would love to get you connected in any way, and you can check those out um, at any time. We're going to go ahead and lead into a corporate prayer at this time, and so uh, we are going to move into that. Once again, welcome. We're glad you're here.
1: If you would like to kneel or whatever is comfortable for you for prayer, we will talk to the Lord now dear father in heaven today we are so thankful to be here and meet with you we know you're here with us because you said you would never leave us and today Lord we're remembering a sadness that happened 20 years ago and there are still people who are suffering because of it And Lord, we just ask you to comfort them. Remember that you went through a lot of suffering in order to give us salvation. And you counted it a win to die on the cross for us. And we just thank you for that. We ask you to please be with those in our congregation who are hurting or sick. We ask you to be with Brother John Smith and his wife, Alice, and kids. I hope I'm not missing anybody, but for anybody else that we don't know about, just put your loving arms around them, Lord. And today, Lord, I wanna just give you praise for giving us the opportunity to respond to your love. Help us to never let a minute go by without being thankful for all that you have done for us. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you've promised to do that. And today we just want to praise you more for that. And we ask all this in your dear son Jesus name. Amen.
2: All right, boys and girls, who recognizes this? It's the mom bag and I, yep, there's some stuff in there for the kids. So I need all the kids to head this direction. We got a special story and something for you out of the mom bag. So come on up. I need at least a couple. Oh, here comes some. And even if you're even if you're not young in age, if you're young at heart, you are welcome to come up. So you can sit right down here, and and I'm going to show something on this screen, so you might want to face this way. All right, and I know school has just started, but I do have a little bit of a quiz for you, a pop quiz, and I know you haven't had a chance to study, but here's the first question when and you'll get the you'll get the gist of it here in a minute. When I am with my kids, what am I? Mom. A mom. Yep. Go with the mom bag. That's right. Okay. When I'm with my husband, what am I? Dad. A wife. Almost a dad. <laughs> I have to usually be the dad because He's usually one of the kids, but that's a different story. Okay. When I'm with my parents, what am I? A kid. Okay. When I'm at work, what am I? A grown-up, usually. I'm an employee or a worker. When I'm with my grandma, what am I? A grandchild I'm a granddaughter when okay here's a good one what am I when I'm at the store what do you do at the store so I might be a shopper yeah I think I'm a pretty good shopper what am I if I go to school or a student so I can be all sorts of different things, can I, in all sorts of different situations? Well, today, we're going to talk about a chameleon. Has any of you seen a chameleon? Yeah. It's kind of like a little lizard, but what does a chameleon do? Change colors. That is right. It changes colors. And you know what a chameleon can do? When it's cold, it changes to a dark color. So that it absorbs more light and it will warm it up. Does it like to just sit there in the cold and say, oh man, it's so cold. I'm just going to stay here and be cold and shiver. No, it says, you know what? I'm going to find the blessing and I'm going to turn my skin dark and absorb the sun. Then when it's really hot outside, it turns a light color or a bright color that reflects the sun so it doesn't get so hot. Do you want to see a chameleon change color? Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to play a little video here and we're going to watch this chameleon change color. What color is it now? It's green. Tell me when you see it change color. It's got some weird eyes, huh? Oh, do you see its color changing? It's changing to yellow. Yeah. Oh, it's changing again. Oh, now it's blue. And you know, sometimes chameleons, they change color to talk to each other. But the thing is, what the thing that we can learn from the chameleon and from all of these other things, all these things that I can be, I can be a mom, I can be a wife, I can be all sorts of things. But when something happens, what I like to do is I like to say, you know what, there's always a blessing in any situation you're in. When I'm a mom, my kids are my blessing. When I'm a wife, my husband is my blessing. I always look for a blessing. And you know what? Jesus helps us to find a blessing in everything. And so just like a chameleon, when you guys go back to your seat, you can take these little magnets and you can etch on them and they will turn colors just like a chameleon. And then that will can remind us to look for a blessing. Even though it started out black, we can look for a blessing in everything, can't we? All right, thank you. We'll go back to, I'll get you one and then you can go back to your seat.
1: and happy sabbath isn't it a blessing to have the sun out today after yesterday's rain even though we needed it the sun just is so wonderful and just feels like a wonderful blessing let's all stand and join in singing praises this morning
3: Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remember To an empty world and sell its empty dreams. I got lost in the lie that it was up to me to make a name the world I could say.
4: Good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you. No greater day to come to God's house, to be in his presence, and for me to be with my family. That's what it's all about. I want to share with you, I was sitting with John Smith yesterday, you a little report. I'm amazed on how his spirit's are doing so well. He gets tired easily. He sleeps a lot, but yet he still reads. He's interactive. He enjoys visitations. And I just pray if you have the opportunity, just to inquire with Alice to see if it's possible because he truly does enjoy meeting with church family and with friends. That really makes his day. But uh, I'm always so amazed as we're together. And yesterday we talked about God's promises and God's hope and the plan of the kingdom that he has in store for us. And I'm going, you know what? John's living the kingdom life right now. Because when he, I left, he says, Fred, I'll see you in heaven. It never affected me like that before, nor has anyone ever said that to me before. But knowing very well where his frame of mind is and where his peace is at and where his confidence in the Lord is at, he is such a strong man, but yet he looks so weak. And I just pray that the Lord will allow him to sleep in his arms. That's what his desire is. Keep John, the family, in your prayers, for they are a special part of this church. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this Sabbath morning. I thank you for the opportunity that I can stand here before your children, my family. I give you permission to use me today in a very special way that I can be a vessel To be able, the words that come from my mouth are the message and the words that you want your children to hear. Because it's all about you. It's not about me. We come to glorify you. We come to praise you. We come to give you thanks and praise. And that is our desire today. So, Father, this morning, may we get a glimpse of your attitude. May we have an opportunity to experience your attitude, not just now, but even in the days to come and fully in our own lives because that is so important. And I thank you for your presence here now. May the Holy Spirit move among us. May it move within us that we can hear your words that are about to be given. In your loving son's name I pray, amen. 20 years ago today was a Tuesday, Tuesday morning when I woke up nice and early because you see I worked at the federal building and part of my job was to go in and monitor the news from the previous night for DOE to capture things that may have been shared about Hanford or other situations so I was always kind of an early bird at the, at the federal building Got to the office, walked into the studio, turned on the machines, flipped on all the monitors that we have, and it wasn't long until all of a sudden now I am viewing five different screens. the us is under attack and the towers are standing there smoke is coming from the newscasters are sharing what has happened people are scared people are running before my very eyes i am watching this almost live Terrorists are hijacking commercial flights and using them for guided missiles to destroy whatever they can destroy, and they would hit the the, the towers, Pentagon. I was the only one there, and boy, my, my knees were weak. I couldn't do my job. I was just in awe of what I was watching on the screens and the reports that were given by the announcers but also to the scene that I saw unfold in me it was like wow I am watching a Hollywood disaster movie but it wasn't a movie it was real and those people are not actors they are my brothers and sisters and it took my breath away. And I had to ask, who in the world would do something like this? Who would do this to our country that affects each one of us even today? Because it's a memory that has been embedded into our minds that will never leave. We could sit there and say it was the terrorist's fault. But if we were to pull the curtain back, there's more to blame than just the terrorist. It's the man behind the curtain. And we all know who we're talking about, don't we? Satan himself. Our country was under attack and we were having a battle 20 years later I look out into my surroundings that I live and I watch the news on TV and I read the papers and I see the pictures it it hasn't changed in fact I believe it's gotten worse pandemic, COVID-19, and still the man behind the curtain is doing his due diligence to distract each and every one of us in a way to get us so distracted that we don't even know what's up or down or even who to believe and create doubts within our own mind of who we can trust. I can't help but feel that we need to go to Scripture, Ephesians 6, 10-12. Oh, by the way, if you have the yellow pieces of paper in your bulletin, feel free to take them out because you can follow along kind of what I'm about to share with you. Maybe you want to take it home to recap. Because I feel it's so important for us to see what it is that we're about to look at. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Finally, let the mighty strength of the Lord make you strong. Amen? Amen. Put on all the armor that God gives so that you can defend yourself against the devil's tricks. I like how it's written there. The devil is a trickster. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. We are not fighting against humans. We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of the darkness and powers of the spiritual world. This is a battle that I cannot beat personally. This is a battle beyond my abilities and your abilities. It is bigger than all of us. There's a spiritual warfare that we, don't, we aren't privy to. But it's there, folks. And it's coming to a head. In a book that I have, it's entitled, Your Battles Belong to the Lord... I want to read a statement that it's in it. It's on your yellow piece of paper as well as it will be on the screen. Jesus never promised us a life without trouble or opposition. In fact, he promises just the opposite. He said that in the world we would have tribulation, distress, and suffering. If we were to stop there, we would have to be discouraged. Yeah, that's pretty discouraging. If we close up our Bibles, if we close up our bulletins and go home, I would be very discouraged. But Jesus also said that in him we could have perfect peace. That we would be courageous, confident, undaunted, and filled with joy because he has overcome the world. He has the victory is in Christ. Do you hear it? John 16:33 tells us, I told you these things so that you can have peace in me. In this world you will have trouble, but be brave. I have defeated the world. Stand behind me, Fred. I have defeated the world. Stand behind me, Charlie. I have defeated the world. Stand behind me, church. I have defeated the world. I have gained the victory. You don't have to fight the battle. The battle isn't yours to fight. Boy, that sometimes takes difficulty for us to understand. Because we feel we have to get involved. That we have to participate. In this one scripture we discover that what to expect in life. We can expect that if we truly believe that our battles belong to the Lord. And we learn how to let God fight them for us. Then anytime we have trouble it will always end in victory for us. You can take that to the bank, folks. You can take that to the bank. No matter how difficult our challenges are, if God is with us, we have all we need to win the battle. We should always remember that all things are possible with God. His strength shows itself best through our weaknesses. Boy, amen to that, right? God shows his strength through our weaknesses. And the more we lean on him, the more we will succeed at whatever we do. Those are some pretty promising words. Those are words that a coach would give to a team to inspire them to go back on the field and get out there and do what is being asked of them, realizing they already have gained the victory. But yet the scripture is full of promises and texts to encourage us. Romans 12, 2 reads, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. The mind seems to be such a crucial part in this equation for us to accept this peace from God, this understanding of God. Finding that, our mind is crucial that we have to have a correct understanding. We have to see the attitude of God. We have to understand the attitude of God, His characteristics, His attributes. Ephesians four twenty-two to twenty-four. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put your old self, your old self, remember that baptism, Charlie and Jackie? Your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desire to be made new, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Came across a few quotes last night. We should choose our thoughts carefully because they ultimately become the blueprints of your life. They become the blueprint of your life. Satan is a defeated foe, and he knows it. He knows it. He doesn't want you to know it, but he knows it. But But if we don't know it, he will take advantage of that lack of knowledge and bluff his way into intimidating us. Have you ever been intimidated by a person? Have you ever been bullied? Boy, I can tell you some terrible stories of my childhood in grade school. Yes, I was a fat little boy. They called me Fudge. I like Fudge. But boy, kids can be vicious. Kids can be vicious. They don't care if they make you cry. They don't care if they call your names. They don't care at all. I'm beginning to realize the enemy is no different. He doesn't care about me at all. So this morning, what I want us to do is to be able to turn to a section of the Scriptures, which is Matthew 5, and we're going to look at the verses from 1 to 12. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. If you have it on your phone, Matthew 5, 1 to 12. This is starting the Sermon of the Mount from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, three chapters that I tell you will just impact you in a way that you've never experienced it before if you just sit down and read the entire three chapters. But with every good speaker, he always wants to make sure that you impact the people with something right at the very beginning. And I believe that Jesus did exactly that. For he had a multitude of people who were around him. And he looked up there. I can't even even imagine how many. But then again too how his voice was amplified. God had to do a miracle. But God looked out upon those people. And he could see in their faces that they had a need. They had a need to know of the Messiah. They had a need to know the Father. They had a need to know that Jesus was their friend. They needed to know the attitude of God. And so he starts out with these words. Verse chapter 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to Teach them. Boy, wouldn't you have loved to have been in that spot? To hear what he had to share at that moment. He said, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you. Insult me? Insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Powerful words that Jesus spoke to the multitude of people. Powerful words for each one of us to pick up our scriptures and read today. But I'll be honest with you. I'm not a scholar. I'm not sitting up here saying that I'm claiming to know it all. I don't. I can read scripture at time and sit there and say, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I need help. First time I read the Beatitudes... I don't get it. I need help. And if my dad were here today, right there, that's his wonderful plaid jacket he would wear. If my dad were here today, he would look up at me and say, Fred, I hear you, son. I hear you. I've read it. I don't get it. Fred, help me. What does it look like? Give me something to what does it look like, what he's saying. Well, Dad, we got to make it personal. we got to make it applicational to us for us to understand it. We have to take ownership of it. So, so maybe let's continue to kind of recap what we just read there in Matthew 5. You have it in the yellow piece of paper. It will be on the screen and see if we can see it a little bit differently a little bit clearer and maybe you're going to see your own self in these beatitudes so dad are you ready okay blessed are the poor in spirit remember dad we got to make it personal we got to make it personal I recognize my spiritual bankruptcy and my need for God. That's crucial. That's crucial for me to understand that I am nothing. Because my relationship with God depends on His grace. I know I'm incapable of earning God's love on my own. It's His grace that covers me. Do you get it, Dad? Blessed are those who mourn. I feel the pain that sin, including myself, causes. I can let others know when I am hurting without embarrassment. I can weep like Jesus weeped. Dad, remember when mom died? We came together. We mourned. We cried. We hugged. And that was necessary for us to be able to heal. Mourning is so crucial in order for us to heal. I know of a family who within the last two years lost a mother and a father. And they did not adequately go through the mourning process of the death first of the father and now the death of a mother. And they're having difficulties. Because we have to mourn. We have to understand. We have to shed tears. Blessed are the meek. Here you go, Dad. I don't have to be the strong one who's always in control. I can be tender and gentle. I've given my whole life to God. And I don't always have to win dad. Yeah, you beat me in ping pong and croquet and golf. Did you hear it? I don't have to win. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We don't have to be competitive in life. It's not about winning. When you have God, you are a winner. You got the blue ribbon, best of show, on your bookcase. It's about you. Blessed are those who hunger spiritually. I want to know God and his will for my life more than anything. Boy, that has been prevalent in my life these last five years. I want to know God. And I want to know what He wants for me in my life, including my own pleasure, status, and success. My heart truly longs for God. God draws me to Him. He pursues me. He pursues you. He wants this relationship with you. He longed for this relationship to be able to be heartfelt. My heart belongs to God. My heart belongs to my lovely wife Becky. I'm sorry, babe. It belongs to him more. Blessed are the merciful. I can share the feelings of people who are hurting, lonely or distressed, and walk alongside them in their pain. God has given me a sensitivity for the suffering of others and a compassion to help them. Dad, Dad that's, that's me. That, that's you. You've provided that for me. You modeled it for me. And I'm now living that life to be able to be sensitive to people who are around me. Nothing gives me greater joy than to help somebody else. Blessed are the merciful. Is it starting to make sense, Dad? Is it, are the pieces kind of fitting together? Blessed are the pure in heart. I am completely honest with God and others. I don't have to put on a false front or pretend to be something that I am not. My life is marked with openness and integrity. It's one thing I love about this church. When Pastor Eric Shadle was here, he said, I want to do one thing. And that is create an environment for God's family to come and be transparent, to be honest, to lay everything on the table, but yet to be accepted and to be embraced and to be loved and not be judgmental. We are all broken people, but yet we are all children of God. And by doing so, we have the victory already. There is no reason for us to have to come to church to to wear a mask. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wrong choice of words. Fortunately, even though you wear those little masks out there, I know you. I know you. I know every one of you. Yes, you too, Mom and Dad. I know you guys. But the mask that he's talking about is a mask that we put on, a facade of who we are. My life is falling apart, it's going down the toilet. But when we come to church, happy Sabbath. Yes, things are going well. Thank you. No problems. That's not what God wants? God wants us to come here as we are. With all the garbage, all the junk, everything that we bring with us. Because, unfortunately, we can't seem to get rid of it. But, by golly, it's part of us. But in doing so, in doing so, We come to the point of experiencing the embrace of God, not to mention the brace of each and every one of you who says, It's okay, brother. I love you. It's okay, sister. I love you. Why? Because we are family. We are family, and there is no greater need than right now in this world to have this attitude of God present with us today, and that is to come together. The enemy has separated us, he has isolated us, and we have paid the price. We need the unity that only God can give to us, but that means that we have to be accepting of each other, not judgmental. The enemy divides and conquers. God gathers his children just as they are. Blessed are the peacemakers. I work hard to keep channels of communications open with others. Rather than allowing anger and conflict to fester, I deal with them constructively. I help those around me work out their differences without hurting one another. Communication is crucial when it comes to understanding the attitude of God. It's no different than a marriage. A marriage cannot survive without communication, it's a given. One of the quotes last night said, God leads and we follow. God leads and we follow. Nothing works if that order is reversed. God leads and we follow. There has to be this communication between God and myself, God and you, God's will for you, God's plan for you. You have to realize that he is ahead of you. Not behind you. It doesn't work if that's where you put him. Maybe you take him out of the leadership altogether. It's not going to work. How we doing, Dad? Blessed are the persecuted. Here's a hard one. Here's the hard one. We always hear these stories of those people who have been persecuted for their faith. And we probably have no idea what that even looks like or will be like. But the future tells us, by the scriptures and others, we will experience difficulties. Blessed are the persecuted, I know for whom and for what I am living. I like that. The word, I know. It doesn't say, I believe, I think, I guess. I know for whom and for what I am living. And for this, I am willing to suffer. And if need be, listen, Dad, if need be, stand alone for what is right. I can take criticism without reacting defensively or feeling self-pity. If we're going to be transparent, I'll be transparent. This is an area that I have difficulty in criticism. I don't like to be criticized. One criticism can just Cover a multitude of praises. That's who I am. I'm working on it. I have to stand up here knowing that, God, you have a message to be given. I pray that I can provide that message for you. Let the chips fall where they may. In fact, I say, if you've got a problem with this sermon, take it up with the big guy, not me. And that's the way it should be. There you go, Dad. Did it clear for you? Did that help in any way for you to understand? Because I really think back on my dad. He passed away. How long has it been, love? Five years ago. But as he would come down and spend time with us on thanksgivings, and of course he passed away at 94, we would talk about God, we would talk about things, playing cribbage of all things. He loved cribbage. But I saw a transformation taking place with my dad. I may have told you this before. I started asking questions about God and about different beliefs and things that I grew up with that did not necessarily line up with what I believe to be Today. And lo and behold, I'm seeing a change within my dad because he's doing his own journey, and he's watching his own TV programs off of three a B and Blue Mountain. And it's a, a, affecting him. We're thinking, boy, that was a good Sabbath message, or well, the state of the day. we, we don't go to heaven in God's second coming. It's not going to be secret. Everybody's going to know. These are are things that were crucial for him. Beforehand, it was uh, the lies that we have a tendency to believe. And I was guilty of it myself. If I step back and go to that place in my office and studio The one thing that I noticed that I watched the screen was the people who were screaming and yelling and injured. And as that one tower collapsed, it was engulfed with smoke and dust and debris. And people were engulfed in it. And still people were running out. Why well, I also watched people running in. Whew. The first responders. The police. The firemen. The medical. Wait, 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 wait a minute, folks. Didn't you just see what happened? they were running in. They were running in. And and then you would see on the ground the good Samaritans who were caring for these people who were laying there bruised, cut up, or whatever it may be, tending to their needs. Now that was the attitude of God that the world saw that day. willing to give of themselves for the greater good of their brothers and sisters that they have never met. That's selfless love. That's an attitude that God wants each and every one of us to experience. Why? Because this world is not my home. John has convinced me of that. My citizenship is in heaven. The kingdom, the place that he has prepared for me is in heaven. Do not focus on this world, Fred. John isn't. Darren isn't. Others isn't. Richard probably didn't as well, my friend. Did you? With your cancer? You focused for heaven. You looked at the kingdom. You looked at the promises. Yep. Amen. This man here, the walking miracle. Do not let the enemy do to you what he so Here's a prop I've used before. All God is saying is, Jesus, keep your eyes on me, focus on me, let me be your full attention. Lord, that's my desire, that's my want. But what has happened over these last couple years is all of this distraction. And this is just a snapshot of the distraction. You could probably add to the list by many, many more. Because as long as he can distract us from what is happening in the world, the day that 9 11 took place, 2,977 souls were lost. 2,977 souls were lost. And boy, that impacted the United States. They made memorials, tributes. They remember every year. As of now, from the beginning of this pandemic, 658,992 souls have been lost. But we are so caught up in the distractions of life, we have almost become calloused. To those who die, I don't want to be calloused. Each one of those souls is important. He gets us fighting against each other, He gets us into camps, He divides. He does whatever he can to take us off of what God wants to do and says, just look at me, Fred. I will take care of it. In my prayers with John, John says, I'm at peace, Fred. Why, John? Because I know God is in charge. Even though I can't understand this side of heaven, I believe in a God who loves me and he's in charge. And that gives me peace as he lay in his bed dying. Well, folks, you're sitting in the pew today. May you have that peace of saying, with all the distractions that are around us, with all the conflict and the controversy and the things that we don't even know what to believe, I'm sorry, I don't. We have become calloused to what is happening around us people are dying as we close here this morning I want to share with you a text found in Philippians 2 1 to 5 Let this text wrap you. Let this text embrace you. Wear this text. Make it real. Answer the questions that this text will ask you. Philippians 2, 1-5. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there? Any comfort from his love? I can't hear you. Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and passionate? I pray that it is. I pray that it is. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Agree with each other. Do you hear the words that God is asking of us? Loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Do not get taken off track with all the distractions, Fred. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Because you are. You are. Each and every one of you is better than me. And I love each one of you. Don't look out only for your own interest. But take an interest in others too take an interest in others too you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had the same attitude of the beatitudes the same attitude of love and compassion Christ says I did not come to this world to be served I came to serve you call yourself a Christian there's your marching orders right there Serve. That's what he's asking us to do. Be involved. Help your neighbors. Do whatever it takes to spread the message of God's love, the plan of salvation, the gift of Jesus Christ. He is calling each one of us to participate in this. This is his plan. This is his purpose for me and for you. Because God's coming soon. And he wants his children, you and me, to get involved to help him to take his children home. I want to be together with my family, my mom and my dad, and those of my relatives. No greater joy to have family. And God wants his family to be with him in the kingdom. I leave you this morning with this one text. Romans 15 verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement to you do you hear that? May the God who gives endurance and encouragement and give you the give you the same attitude, the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus Christ. That is our Father talking to us. That is Daddy talking to us. He gives us encouragement. He gives us endurance. We need to give encouragement to more people. I was on my walk this morning. Just about the time I got home, a young lady was coming down the sidewalk jogging. And I just stopped and applauded her. She walked by and I said she kind of oh, thank you. That made her day. But it also made my day. Let's encourage one another. Let's have the same attitude in our mind that Jesus Christ has and has for each one of us. Okay, Dad? the time that we have spent here this morning to be able to get a glimpse of the attitude of who you are through the message of the Beatitudes today as we leave here may that attitude be prevalent may we share with others the love the grace the forgiveness the unconditional love that you give to us father make me make us a vessel to be used by you Allow us to be molded into whomever or whatever you want us to be. Because with that, that's part of your plan. May we also come to the understanding that we cannot fight our own battles. We cannot deal with all the distractions of the world. We have to give it to you because you will fight our battles and the victory will be ours through the love and the understanding of Jesus Christ of what he has done for us. What a blessing that we have. What a promise that we have. May we hold on to that and not lose sight of that. Leave here today holding Daddy's hand. Leave here today asking him to help you in the week to come. To be able to be a light. To be a vessel. To be someone that Christ can see through you. And that you can share to others of the love of our Father. Be with us all. In your name I pray. Amen.